Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And he swings, hits it high, and deep, and gone! Still going back! Yeah! Out of here! Welcome to the big leagues! Deep to center field, and it is gone! Wow, his first big league swing is going to be a New week of the call up here and we are talking pitching prospects, checking in on some of the most notable and some that are trending in the right direction as we wind down the season. He's Jack McMullen. I'm Aram Layton. And Jack, we checked in on a couple arms in the mailbag episode. You also recently just talked to an arm in Quinn Priester, and that was an awesome interview. You can go check that out on our previous episode. But a lot of really intriguing arms to follow up on and some interesting trends with some very notable prospects that I'm excited to dive into here. Yeah, 100%. Great conversation with Quinn. I've had a fun time talking to him all year. And like, obviously, he went up for a six start stretch and he came back down. Um, and, and here's my favorite thing about Quinn. And we talk about it a little bit in that conversation. When he comes back down, you know, I'm in a really unique position in AAA where I'm talking to guys that are on the climb upwards. And those are the guys, obviously, that you gravitate around because they're so happy that they're in AAA. This is a new frontier. Then guys get optioned. And you're a little fragile around those guys because you have no idea what the answer is to the question, how you doing? Because the answer might be, well, shitty. I got optioned. Yeah. Quinn is the consummate pro. Where I would see him, I gave him a knuckle bump. How you living? Good man. How are you? Immediately after, I'm a huge fan of that, uh, and the fact that he has really ticked up and he topped at 97 in his last AAA outing, and he was leading AAA in strikeouts since he was optioned. Like I don't know, there, there's something special happening with him, and I, I think he is a very good um assessor of himself he understands what doesn't work uh, and he's going to go attack what doesn't work i also threw him a question now i got to throw you a question um give yourself a month to prep in the ryan day offense at ohio state against an fcs school he said he throws for 150 yards with marvin harrison and abuka and all that and he was a quarterback in high school i think he throws for more than that how many yards do you think you can throw for I don't know how much I can throw for with my shoulder at this point, man. Like if football throwing a football specifically hurts so bad. Uh, if I can just get screen passes, quick, quick, quick little shots out there. I think I could throw for a hundred, just letting them do it all yards after catch. I think Quinn could throw for two fifty. I think two fifty could air it out. Like he he could overthrow them and he won't overthrow them. I thought that was a very humble answer, but again, that's that's kind of the guy he is. And, and I mentioned a lot of my perspective on him in the intro. Uh, and I think yeah. you added even more and you, you know him very well, seeing him just kind of you know, develop over this last year. But I'm really excited for an off season of Quinn Priester because it seems like he knows exactly what he needs to key in on here. And 
I think he's going to come back next year looking real optimized and and ready to go. And I think big league ready. He said he plans to spend his offseason in Florida. Um, he's going to spend some time with Eric Cressy, and uh, he's going to spend a lot of time at the complex. And I think that guy at the Cressy complex with all those pro guys and kind of maximizing the way he lifts, uh, I think he's going to be really, really beneficial to him. Yeah, I love that. And I totally agree. Check out that interview. Jack did an awesome job just kind of asking him all the all the right questions and even some funny ones. Quinn's a funny dude uh, at, at the ball field before the game. You can hear some of the background music, which is always great. It yeah. just takes takes you right to the ballpark. But just to really give a quick rundown of some of the names we're going to mention here, and we'll probably even hit on a couple more. But some of the notables, Jackson Job, Ty Madden, Jared Jones, Bubba Chandler, Tink Hentz, Jack Leiter, Gyro Iriarte. I hope I'm saying is it Hiro or Gyro? Do you know? So I've met I've met a couple of I'm going to say Hiro. I'm going to say Hiro. So Hiro, but actually Hido. Hido. Like H-Y-D-O. Like it's, it's you know, obviously Hiro for like the American way, but like, it you know, it's rolling the R, but if it comes off quick, it's like H-Y-D-O Hido. Got so it. Hido Iriarte. Got it. We got Marco Raya with the Twins, another really interesting one. Then Will Warren. We'll try to get to Will Dion with the Guardians and, and Dominic Hamill with the Mets and uh, see whatever else we can kind of sprinkle in there. But I, I want to start with Jackson Job because... Yeah. The Tigers prospect just continues to get better and better and better. And if it seems like we've been talking about him a lot, like it's because we we need to. I, I think we need to talk about this guy as part of the tier one of, of pitching prospects. I think when you if you want to clump together the best pitching prospects in this game, and I think a healthy Ricky Tiedemann fits in there. But right now I, I can almost put him in his own bucket. But when you look at guys that are kind of in their own tier right now. And I know, again, Painter's kind of in that same boat of if he was healthy, he's in tier one, but it's a little bit less uncertainty with the Painter injuries where it's like Tommy John, he'll be back with, with Tiedemann. It's like a bunch of little things here and there, and uh, they've never really taken the gloves off. So it's a little bit different, but I think Job has really pitched his way. And I mentioned this, I think a couple episodes ago, but to me, he's in that tier one with, with Horton, with Skeens. I'm not saying he's exactly them, but I, think he's close enough to where you can't say he's in another tier. Like, to me, he's right there. We'll highlight the reasons why. That's another interview, by the way. If you're just finding us now on YouTube or whatever, maybe go check out that interview with Jackson Job. Also t- check out the live breakdown that we did with yeah. him, which will really show you why he is so consistently good and, and why he is so smart on the mound. Uh, but this is a guy, man, double A debut, six shutty. And this comes after just mowing through high A. This dude's about to really explode stock-wise. There's something about this guy's recall that is so impressive. When I was watching that video breakdown that you did with Job, and oh, yeah. like, I mean, these dudes have to train that element of of their game because in high school, yes, you can think ahead, but you really don't have to when you have mid 90s and a you know 70 grade yeah. changeup. You've got a future 70 on it, like. You can just say, hey, I'm going to bully the crap out of you. And that's how he goes third overall. But now as he reaches the upper minors, he just made his double-A debut. And that double-A debut was sterling. It was six shutout innings, four hits, six Ks. Of course, no walks, because that's what this guy does. Um, But, man... Like Job for me is just is smarter than every hitter he sees. Yeah, and I yeah. will immediately fall in love with that guy that's smarter than their opponent. Um, and I think that's what you're seeing from Jackson Job over his last 28 innings, it's five starts, 
34 punch outs, no walks. We briefed you when it was 28 and zero. He made his double A debut in the meantime, and that was six on zero. So, I, I mean, he's so, so impressive. And the last thing I think when I hear 70 grade slider and mid 90s fastball is 34 Ks, no walks. I'm thinking, okay, the walks are going to be the issue, but that's just not the problem. It's unbelievable. And I'm going to highlight some crazy numbers. Uh, and and I'm so glad because it, it just I feel like I'm really able to see the whole picture here after talking to him, because this is a really unique case coming off of that that back issue that he had. He talked about how he was ready to go much earlier, but understandably so the Tigers wanted him to be careful with him. And so they were. And and so he was able to throw a lot of bullpens. He was able to ease his way back in and work on stuff and have this almost super extended spring training in his words. And I think that's really helped him. One, he he mentioned being kind of a thrower in his first year, just because he knew he threw hard. He knew he had a nasty slider and he's like, let me just bully guys. And once he got to high A, when the slider wasn't always there, he was very fastball dependent. So in his time that he has to kind of ease back into things and work on stuff, he adds that change up and he adds a cutter. And now smart pitcher, complete four pitch arsenal has a good feel for all of it. This is a guy that I think is going to really leverage that. Well, nine starts since he, you know, really started to finally be stretched out and, and they took the, the leash off a little bit and, and let him go over those last nine starts. Every single one of his offerings is landing for a strike more than 70% of the time, Jack. Fastball, 72%. Slider, 70%, which is crazy with how much that breaks. Changeup, 72%. Cutter, 74%. Changeup and the cutter are the two new pitches. And I'll get into the changeup a little bit more in a second. It's not only insane that he's been able to learn a changeup this quickly and really get that feel for it. It is remarkable how dominant it has been uh, since he's really started to use it. Do you have like a zone chart in front of you that you can try and vividly describe on the slider? I want to know how many sliders are like cookies, because I feel like the videos that I've seen of Job slider, none of them are cookies. They're all on the edge. Now, when you say slider strike rate over 70 percent, I assume that some are just going to drift middle middle because you can't have a perfect slider unless your name is Strider. Um, so, like, I'm wondering how many middle middle sliders there are in there. Um, it's funny. There's more that are over in the uh, left-handed hitters batters box area than there are middle of the plate. And I think it's just because it starts middle and dives away. Yeah. Uh, but what's amazing to me with him is he will throw those cookies when he knows no one's swinging at it. So it's two Oh count. He's so confident with that pitch. He'll lay it in there, but then yeah. one, two, that's the one that starts outer half and dives off the plate. So you don't quite know as a hitter because sometimes it's like, Oh, um, this might be a get me over or, oh, he thinks he's going to freeze me on this. And then it darts a little bit further. And then others, it's a little bit shorter and he spots it for a strike. So it's that nuance to it. That's so amazing as well. That's the thing. And you talk to him and like, I don't know, I don't get to see the the data on that pitch. Um, but I would assume that this guy, like it's almost more sweeper esque when it's in a two Oh count yeah. because he's got enough of the feel where he can manipulate and say like, okay, this isn't going to be a cement mixer. Hit this as far as you can. It's going to sweep and it, he's just going to flip it in and it's yep. going to start on their hip and it's going to end up middle, middle. And and that's just such a weapon. Now yes. when you have the cutter yes. too, which is another pitch that he can kind of do that with. And then the change up the highlighting the change up real quick. So we have we have a nine start sample that I'm I'm really drawing from here because that's when he was really full bore and go. Yeah. 
Well, overall, first of all, 60 strikeouts, three walks in that span. This guy just turned 21. Just turned 21. Yeah, that's not bad at all, right? The changeup is what's so remarkable to me. Over that span, opponents are five for 42 with 22 strikeouts against the changeup. Traditionally speaking, you look at Jackson Job's arsenal and you say, oh, okay, he definitely goes slider to the righties. Um, you know, and then change up to the lefties and then cutter against both. And then, of course, the fastball against both. That's not really the case with Joe, because sure, does he throw it a little bit more to, to, to lefties? The change up? Yeah, he does. But he throws it plenty to righties as well. And he's getting some nasty whiffs with right on right change ups. Not a huge sample size, but we have that nine start stretch right on right change ups. Opponents are 0 for 17. With 13 strikeouts. Because imagine, dude, you got to worry about 97 to 98 at the top of the zone. You got to worry about a sweeper breaking away from you if you're a righty. You got to worry about a cutter that's kind of cutting away from you or backs up in on your hands. And then you've got this changeup that he talked about it, like how he grips it. It's kind of splitter adjacent and it runs arm side late. So you're looking at things that are either riding up or breaking away from you. And then all of a sudden you've got this split type action that's boring in on your hands as a righty. That's a pitch you just can't prepare for. That's the one you got to tip your cap if he locates it. And guess what, man? He locates it all the time. He's a freak. Yeah. He's, he's a freak. And he is, I, I don't know. He's, he's, I guess, shortening the distance between him and Horton. Although I think there are some groups of people that would take Jackson Job over Cade Horton at this point. It's he's zeroing in, man. And they're very similar. Horton's same kind of annoying guy where it's like he just picks up a, the split grip and starts throwing a good change up. But I'd say Job's is even better at this point. And Job is yeah. 21. And uh, I think he's closing the gap. There's a good chance we see him in the in the AFL. And I think when he throws well out there, that's where we'll probably see his stock really rise because a lot of people get their eyeballs on him out there. There's a little bit more data available. And then all of a sudden we start to see guys, you know, I think he's going to be one of those AFL uh, jump, you know, guys that just get a lot of prospect helium. Not that he needs much more. He's already highly regarded, but I think he kind of slipped off the radar a little bit after tough finish to last year, a little banged up this year, uh, but it looks like he's ready to go. And uh, I think he's, he's one of the best pitching prospects in baseball. It was kind of like the Brady House thing, but on the pitching side, it's yeah. wait, you forgot about me? Yeah, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah, I'm still young and I'm still very talented, you know, yes. and and that's exactly what it's been. Um, yeah. We'll stick on the Tigers train for now because we got a few names to talk about. Um, I wanted to mention Wilmer Flores because that's another guy that I think people forgot about, given that he was so good last year and has been banged up this year, and the injuries of. of held him back. Yeah. We saw him at points early in the season. The VLO was down to like 91 on the fastball. So they figured out, you know, something was up, hit the IL and now he's finally back and, and looks like the guy that really was pitching his way into being considered a top 100 prospect last year, six, four, 245 pounds. He's a really powerful dude that just works downhill. And fastball was very frequently mid nineties with good shape. Uh, and then again, the, the the slider has been a nasty, nasty pitch for him. But I, I, I get, I just think both of them weren't quite there for him when he wasn't feeling great. Uh, but this dude has a chance to be a really solid starter for them, and still just 22 years old. This was somewhat of a lost season given the momentum that he created. But I think it's you know, last year. But I think it's really encouraging to see him healthy and finishing strong this year. And I just wanted to highlight, you know, the last two starts. 
especially the last one in double A, finally rejoining the team there after a couple of rehab starts in high A. Five innings, two runs, no walks, seven Ks. Fastball sat at 94, touch 96. Like that, that's the Wilmer Flores we saw last year. Yeah. And what last two starts combined nine innings, 13 Ks, no walks. Yeah. So that, that'll play consistently. Um, yeah. Flores was, he was an interesting one last year because he like fully broke out onto the scene. Like, oh, I don't, I had no idea who Wilmer Flores was before last year, but by June, you know, I had to pay attention to who the hell Wilmer Flores was. And, you know, now, like, I, I think, you know, you were expecting more. Obviously, injuries got in the way of that. But if this guy can right the ship and he comes into next year fully healthy, I think that it is a quick stop in Erie. I think that it's an immediate bump to Toledo and you see him for 10 starts in AAA. And, and we'll see what the Tigers rotation looks like, man, because it's not good at the major league level. Um, Sawyer Gibson long threw well. This yeah, he looks good, man. Yeah, he looked good. But like it, there are openings here. The, the thing that just fascinates me so much is like Job's going to be a quick bump candidate. And and I think the guy that we're about to hit on is going to be a quick bump candidate as well. Especially with the way he's finishing. And that's Ty Madden, who uh, I don't know if he has that you know, exciting, exciting upside that we thought maybe like, oh, he could be a frontline type guy. I think we saw him slip in the draft because I think the pitch data reflected more of a, a middle rotation arm. Sure. But he he looks like he could be a really solid middle rotation arm. And Madden has been awesome uh, over the last three starts. Again, this is just another arm in the fold, as you mentioned, for the Tigers, where you could start to see this rotation looking pretty darn good in, in about two years. And maybe at some point by the end of next year, last three starts in double A, Erie, four time Madden. He has pitched 15 innings, giving up just one earned run that was on a solo shot, five walks, 21 Ks. There was a lot of talk about the fastball shape, and I think he hedges that by sitting 96, 97 now with the fastball. It's just continued to tick up as the season's gone on, and he's coming off of a start against Richmond where he went four perfect innings, struck out six, and they, they cut him off at 47 pitches. I think you know they're just trying to manage the workload a little bit at this point in the year, but Madden looks like he's a 2024 candidate and, you know, could break in relatively early next year. Could make the case to break camp if he has a really strong camp and, and maybe has one or two more strong starts to the season. I don't know if there's a total need to to put him in AAA, given that he throws strikes and, and looks pretty good. But again, there's also no reason to rush him. It'll be interesting to see how they approach Ty Madden, but he's definitely helping his case. There's something about a guy without electric stuff. Um, that I gravitate to when they do it again. And like, I, I think that in terms of results in the minor leagues, if you've got the Paul Skeens pitch mix or you've got the Jackson Job pitch mix, I think it can be a rapid ascension through the minor leagues. But with a guy like Madden, I do want to see consistent, solid numbers kind of level by level. And that will in turn get you up to the major leagues. Yeah. And with Madden, you know, last year he had a really solid year. He had a 301 ERA opponents to 214 against him. This year, I was so fascinated to see what he would do in an entire year in double A. And an entire year in double A resulted in a low to mid threes ERA and a 233 batting average against. Yeah. So like it's kind of the same thing. Yep. And with that, that that makes me feel very comfortable with him not going back to Erie either going to Toledo or yeah, just headed to Detroit right out of spring training. I, I'm with you. And the slider has been fantastic for him. 
Again, he's been getting more whiff than than ever on the fastball over the last 10 starts. So maybe found a little bit more life on that pitch and found a way to kind of get it to jump a little bit more out of his hand. Changeup's been the big issue and it kind of continues to be. He just hasn't had a feel for that. And over his last 10 starts, he's thrown you know, more balls than strikes when going to the changeup. He's still trying. He's mixing it in around 10% of the time, but he's going to need to find that feel for it. I do think he can succeed as a fastball slider guy. Uh, it just severely caps what he can be. I think it would make him more of a, you know, number four type with his with his pitch mix, but the fastball and slider are good enough to be, you know, solid number four type. If he can find that third pitch, I know he's experimented a little bit with a cutter, uh, or if he can find that change up to come along, then I think there still is number three upside to dream on here. And uh, he's 23 years old, so the command can continue to get better too. But he's been he's been missing a lot more bats lately. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk Jack Leiter because Jack Leiter heads to AAA, man, and. um I'm really, I'm really excited for him. I'm really happy for him. I mean, it's, it's been a process. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, we always talk about how progress isn't linear and especially in the prospect world. But I mean, this was a, a wild, just kind of range of, I think ups and downs and a lot more downs given that he was already sent straight to double A, you know, if they started him in high A and you would carve there and then had some ups and downs in double, maybe the, the narrative looks a little bit different, but it, that's not how it went, right? It went with him going to double A last year, having some good moments, missing bats, but ultimately struggling and then repeating double yep. A this year where it's like, okay, if he doesn't make some noticeable improvements, I'm going to get worried. And through spurts, it looked like he did make some noticeable improvements and then he really hit that wall again. We saw him you know, kind of finish off in, in right right before the all-star break with only recording one out, giving up five earned runs and boom, he gets development listed. And that was probably the right thing to do. And, yes. and I'm glad the Rangers did that because just for, for Jack's sanity too, he, he knows how talented he is. He, he knows what he could do, but you get in that rut where it's like, you, you got to just get off the mound for a little bit in terms of a game setting and just go back to the drawing board and figure out what's going on. And not only his drawing board was a unique one, man. They had him go to Texas while he's on the development list, and he throws a bullpen in front of the entire front office, including Mike Maddox. And obviously, they found something. They tweak his yeah. mechanics. It's a lot different, and he's been dynamite since coming off the the development list. It's a situation that not many pitchers, I don't think, can handle. But you know the maturity level of Jack Leiter. You know that some of that comes with bloodlines. A lot of it comes with bloodlines. But some of it also has to do with Jack Leiter just being a very mature dude and being willing to almost admit defeat. Like, you get one out, you allow six runs, five earned. And then you go to Texas and you throw in front of the the entire front office. Like, do you know how many pitchers would just break down in that regard? No doubt. Dude, I mean, the fact that he didn't crumble and actually thrived out of this is incredibly commendable. And the only other true success story I've really heard in that regard is Mackenzie Gore in 2021. Remember when Gore, you know, he just sucked in El Paso and they shut him down. He went on the IL, I think, and, yeah. and he just disappeared. And he was being prodded with like a stick each bullpen he would throw. And he was in San Diego for a little bit and he was in the complex and he had a billion people watching every single start. And they, they fucked with him so hard. The fact that that guy came out of it better looked like a rookie of the year leader in 22 that has been traded to Washington and looks like one of the better young starters in baseball at points. Um, man, like I, I think there are very few pitchers 
that can have this level of fanfare and work through adversity. Gore was the first one that I saw, and that raised kind of his stock in my mind in that regard. And I think Jack Leiter can be cut from the same cloth. 100%. And the thing with Gore that made it a little bit tougher was that he's a guy that has to be has to have really good command. I mean, he's not, I mean, the stuff can, can jump up, but that's a guy that he's, he's a pitchability guy. Like he, yeah, he's 94. Yeah. He's not like Jack Leiter. He's going to blow it by you. Like he he can throw 60% fastballs and succeed. It's, it's 20 inches of vert. It's a low release point. It's, it's by you. So that's, what's interesting with Leiter is like, he doesn't even need to, I think, like I think that the, where Gore was to where he ended up, I don't think Leiter has to even have nearly as much of a leap because I think he still was showing some good things. I think it was really just uh, something to do with the delivery. They change it and he simplifies things. And, and I'm with you, man. Like Gore was in the same boat of like just unfair expectations, set the bar so high for himself that I think there was just a lot on him. And, and Jack seems like somebody that, as you mentioned, just he can handle it. And I think a lot of players probably had the ability to, overcome struggles that haven't and that we highlight as, you know, busts that didn't work out. If they had the right guidance and had the right mindset, maybe they're able to turn it around, but that's really hard to do because you you don't get training for being a top pick and being, you know, lauded as a potential generational pitching talent and then struggle and have everybody just switch on you so quick. And I mean, the noise and all of those things, like the fact that lighters finishing this year, because it doesn't get much worse in terms of like optics of, hey, you're on the development list after a guy that yeah. was, you know, top top pitching prospect in baseball and, you know, a no brainer top arm in the draft for him to come out the other side of that and look as good as he's looked again, as you mentioned, highlights the makeup, highlights just the, the mental wherewithal that he has and is part of the reason why I'm always going to believe that he's going to find a way to work through it. He's still just 23 years old and I want to highlight some of the changes. I know that there was some, there was a great piece in baseball America kind of breaking down the exact mechanical changes that really, I think have helped him pound the strike zone even more. Uh, But just to highlight the numbers to, to show you how different it is last four games prior to his triple a call up off of the development list, 16 in the thirds innings, 25 strikeouts, four walks, six earned runs to three, three, one ERA. Um, That's impressive. That's really impressive. Three solo shot or three home runs are kind of how all of the runs have, have reached the board. And I think he's going to be a guy that gives up home runs from time to time. He's a high fastball guy that likes to buzz it up there. But if you don't walk guys, you can succeed. And I think the problem with him was he was walking guys and then the the one home run or two home runs would come and that would be enough to sink a start. There were spurts where he looked really good, but it was the combination of the command and then, you know, kind of being susceptible to the long ball. You're not seeing that now. And this is a guy that over that span, four starts, 40% strikeout rate, 6% walk rate, and just pouring in strikes overall. I mean, this is as good as I felt about Jack Leiter, I think, since he was drafted. Yeah. And um, I mean, last start was probably his best one, right? He did allow a long ball, but that was in Amarillo. Three hits, two earned, nine Ks, one walk. Yeah. And probably his best. And again, you can see the tangible adjustment to the mechanics, which is which is great to see. Uh, yeah. A lot, a lot simpler, uh, not down. as many moving parts. And, and I, I think just not as there was that really erratic type of move when he like really got into driving that back leg that it just seemed like it would be really hard to, to time that all up and, and continue to repeat it. And it just seems like it's so much easier to repeat now. 
Yeah, I don't know if this is going to play on audio, but it almost felt like the shoulders were tense and he was like, <laughs> like it was, okay, let's get up and go. It, it, I don't know. There's just, there's a more, this is a more relaxed Jack Lighter, I think, from from point A to point B to point C. 100%. And yeah, the the last thing I'll notice is kind of got rid of the over the top move with, with his hands, you know, over yeah. his head. And it's just kind of kept it so much quieter. And the last thing I'll say is fastball has actually been up and velocity too. So I wonder if these mechanical changes have also helped him kind of unlock more in that last start touched 98 several times. We haven't really seen him touching 98 nearly as much. The life on the fastball is better. He's getting, you know, 20, 21 inches at times of, of induced vertical break. And I don't think it's a coincidence that over that span, big whiff numbers, big chase numbers on the fastball. And now all of a sudden the slider over that span, he's done 46 sliders, 33 for strikes. That was not the case for him. This is a dude that can can, can succeed fastball slider at the highest level, without a yeah. doubt. Without a doubt. Next guy that we are going to hit on right now. There's a, there's a few different that we could talk about. I know there's one that you you just sent me a message you wanted to to discuss. We'll add him to the end. Um, yeah. That's Robleski, who you just recently saw. Uh, I know on video, just kind of watched a live start that you're excited about. So I'm excited to get your thoughts there. Uh, let's go to let's go to Pittsburgh and let's go to a guy that was up close and personal for you, Jared Jones. Um, Good man. He's been great, and he I think would you say that was his best start of the year in Indianapolis? Yeah. On the heels of his best start of the year, his la- his two best starts have been his last two starts. This guy, I think, thirteen shutout innings, um, five hits. What is it? Uh, eight plus four, twelve Ks, two walks, and thirteen yep. shutout. Um, no, I mean it was seven shutout innings where he was fully on cruise control, and the the whiffs were piling up, and the strikeouts were, and he was top five in AAA and swings and misses, um, which is something I love that Savant does. Right, it, it's yeah. a very easy thing to look at is whiff leaders um, on a given day, and um, he was top five in AAA and whiffs that day. Seven shutout innings, four hits, four Ks, one walk against Toledo, and that is a very good lineup. Yep. The the thing that intrigued me was Justin Henry Malloy, who I had a great about 15 to 20 minute conversation with that you're going to hear a little bit later this week. Um, but Malloy really struggled against Jared Jones and it was just slider exclusive. And Jones was almost bullying Justin Henry Malloy. And he's like been, that guy doesn't get bullied. smooth all year. He's been he's been consistent all year. Yeah, he is not outmatched by any pitch. And then Jerry Jones's slider comes here. Um, Jones then follows that in Omaha, pitcher friendly ballpark, six shutout innings, one hit, eight K's, one walk. Again, top five and swings and misses. It, this guy, he's almost gone two pitch exclusive. And I think what, what people loved about Jones was yes, it's 99. Yes, it's a wipeout slider in the mid 90s. Um, it can get cutterish, but it was also a pretty good true curveball and a pretty good changeup. He has just barely used the curveball and changeup. It's been almost fastball slider exclusive the last two. And this is a guy that can survive fastball slider because it's 99 at 2,500 and it's 94 that actually sweeps a little bit. Yeah, this is another one. Uh, another one that could just absolutely succeed uh, with with these two pitches. And and yes, it is it is limiting a little bit ceiling wise unless the stuff is just otherworldly uh but with these two pitches 
I think it's just, you're just going to get more consistency there. The changeup was getting really firm when I would watch and and the curveball, he just couldn't land it consistently at all. So it, you're better off throwing your two best pitches and attacking guys. And that's exactly what he's been doing. And I think as long as he's around the zone with those two pitches, he's, he's going to be pretty hard to, to square up. I, it's an interesting fastball because it's a low release point. And, and you mentioned that the spin efficiency it doesn't have as much IVB as you'd expect, but it, I think it's just one of those that outperforms the the metrics in a vacuum and the swing and miss numbers on his fastball would back that a lot of in zone whiff, a lot of chase and just overall whiff. And then I think it really sets up the slider. I think those two pitches tunnel off of each other really, really well. And that was part of the problem as well is I think the change up in the curveball were easier to see out of the hand. You're almost doing them a favor by throwing one of those other pitches because they could pick it up. So as much as there is a level of predictability when you're just fastball slider, I think he's almost harder to hit because it's almost harder to predict because both of those pitches are so much better. He's around the zone. They look the same out of the hand and it's just hard. Both of them, it's hard and harder. It's 89 and it's 96. So I think this is the version of Jared Jones that finds success at the highest level. He's ready like right now. And I, I've got no idea. I've got no inside information. But if they were going to give him a start at the end of the year, I, th- I think this is the guy. And he, I think, is three innings away from his career high, which he set last year. So he can stretch it out a little bit more. And uh, I think you're seeing a guy that is in the best groove that he's been in in his professional career, um, even though he had a great start to this year in double A. And I think. You know, this this could be the next guy to make his big league debut. Again, zero inside information. I have no inkling of that. For all I know, he's going to go home after his last start in AAA. Um, but man, like he seems ready and as ready as he's looked all year long. I'm with you. And and another guy in the system that will be in Indy next year, no doubt, and and probably could, could pitch his way into a big league call-up later in the season is Bubba Chandler. The yeah. way that he has finished this season has been dynamite. Aside from one blow up start, he was just really unbelievable down the stretch. And most notably, his double A debut to kind of wind down the season five innings, shutout, one hit, no walks, eight Ks. Bubba Chandler, I remember when we talked about the Pirates prospects heading into the season, there was still some of that like two way allure. I'm like, he needs to just scrap the hitting. And fortunately he did shortly after. And I'm like, this is going to be good for the pitching overall. And it really has. And he's been able to focus on that. And he has shown the athleticism on the mound, but has been able to really become more of a pitcher than a thrower as he's developed and, and focused on just, I think, furthering his arsenal. There's a guy that checks the data points. Like, man, that fastball takes off and it's a big whiff pitch and he can throw it a lot. Sits mid nineties can touch the upper nineties and he's got the cutter. He's got a change up that, if he can be more consistent with it, it flashes plus. And then he's trying to kind of figure out that slider and see if he can mix that in a bit more. It's, it gets a little slurvy, but the fastball cutter changeup, that trio of pitches that can play. And, and Chandler had a really nice finish to the season. He's gross. Thank <laughs> you. Thank yeah. God he ditched hitting. This guy's electric. And I, I don't know. There's, there's something about him that like, Watching the fastball jump out of his hand is is special. And I don't know if you have any data points to back that up, but there's just something about watching that fastball jump that I'm like, wow, man, like that's an out getter right now. Yep. It's it sits around, uh, you know, it was it was averaging 18 inches of IVB, which is around MLB average at the start of the season. But by the end, a lot more 19s, the occasional 20. And you know, that's that's plus, especially at the mid 90s. Uh Final nine starts of the year, 
166 ERA, 48 and two thirds innings, 51 punches, 13 strike or 13 walks. Yeah. Where'd uh, the walks go? That, that was the thing. Like I was just expecting a bunch of walks and we're just not getting those. Nope. I think this is a guy that again, super athletic kind of figured out how to make that delivery a little bit more consistent and just learned how to pitch. He's a thrower. Now he's a pitcher. And I'm really excited yeah. to see Bubba Chandler, the pitcher next year with another full slate. Another double A guy. Last time we talked about him, we were getting a question as to whether we should be concerned about him. Tink Hens, since then, has given us nothing to be concerned about. You and I both said we're not worried, and the Cardinals prospect has been awesome. Uh, the last three starts, which I think have pretty much been the subsequent three since we we talked uh, and, and had that mailbag episode, 2.57 ERA, which comes in four earned runs and 14 innings, 13 strikeouts, three walks. The whiff hasn't been there quite as much. I think that'll come as the the pitchability starts to develop further, especially with the secondaries. But it's just nice to see him throwing strikes and and getting outs. And that's what he's done the last three starts in the Texas League, two of which it was back-to-back San Antonio at San Antonio at San Antonio. And he was back-to-back pretty quality starts there. Yeah, August 24 earned and 20 and a third. 24 earned in 20 and a third, 13 walks in 20 and a third. Yeah, it's been night and day. Like there, there's no, there's no better example of a guy flipping a switch from August to September than Tink Hens in double A right now. And I don't know what happened. I would love to have that question answered by somebody with the Cardinals or by Tink himself. Um, but I'm glad that he flipped that switch because now I'm going to sleep much better during the off season. Yeah. Yeah, this is a really encouraging finish for him. And we mentioned that this is by far the most innings he, he's thrown and and by far the most he's been kind of stretched out. Velo yeah. kind of back up a little bit the last couple starts. And I, I want to see more lifts on the heater. Like it's just that's the one thing I've been surprised. It just hasn't been as much swing and miss on the fastball. But when the changeups around the zone, it's really good. We know that breaking ball is good. But I really think the fastball can set the tone for him. And I'm interested to see how, how that looks coming back next year when he's fresh and uh, maybe has some, some things that he can tweak and, and get a little bit further. Del- delivery wise real quick. There's just something about like the lean in his delivery that I love. Mm-hmm. I feel like generates an extra two miles an hour and there's zero <laughs> backing to that whatsoever. I'm just like, you know what? I feel like that small little lean back and that fly forward is like an extra two to three. It's a little bit of like a shot put almost though, too, because you can't see the ball and then it just gets on you pretty quickly. And and I think yeah. that's part of what what makes him so effective and, and hard to kind of pick up that breaking ball and, and, and the change up out of his hand. We'll talk Hyro. We'll, we'll say we're going to go with Hyro. Yeah. Let's go Hyro, Hido, Hyro, whichever one you want to do. So Padres prospect. Padres continue to load up on talent. Um, I mean, like the second prower depletes it, they find some guys and Iriarte has been another intriguing guy in this system, uh, really succeeding as a 21-year-old in AA. I think some of the surface-level stats wouldn't be as great as as the stuff would suggest. They had him kind of working out of the bullpen a little bit just to manage innings in the middle of the season, and now they're ramping him back up again. So I think it was something along the lines of just trying to manage the workload for the 21-year-old who throws fuzz. But he's kept the velo up. If anything, it's kind of ticked up as the season has, has gone on. And uh, and double A over the last two starts specifically was really impressive to me. 18 punch outs in those two starts. Yes, he's walked seven, and that's something to monitor. But again, the start before that walks just one. It's it's going to be a command thing. We're going to have to follow that. But 
the stuff is just crazy for a 21 year old who's six, three really can run that fastball up to 99 sits 96 with it. Slider is gross when it's around the zone. It's just inconsistent. And the fastball looks like an above average third offering. It's a true three pitch mix power arm, big dude. There's a lot to like here. If the command can continue to come along. Yeah. So con seven walks and nine and two thirds over his last two pro 18 K's over nine and two thirds in his last two. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like that very, very surface level that just screams, you know, reliever risk, but also like, Hey, if it was four walks over nine and two thirds, I yeah. Starter. No problem. Let's roll with it. And he's a 21 year old in double a with not that much experience. So you hope the command can come along, but man, if he's a reliever, he'll be a damn good one too. So the big league arm here, no doubt about it. Yeah, and it seems like a starter, too. His ability to go five in double-A at 21 years old just um, immediately screams starter. Like, I don't know. Stop shoving guys up, AJ. (laughs) Just let him, like, hang out in San Antonio for a minute like, be a good starter and then get him to triple-A and have him be a good starter. Yeah, like, just don't do it. Don't do the Ryan Weathers thing, please. Yeah, please take your time with him. (laughs) Who's actually looks pretty good over the last few starts in AAA. He's a shrimpy, right? Yeah, he is. He is a shrimpy. I think I might go see him. Um, By the way, I'm going to go see Jackson Chorio. I'm getting out to Nashville. He's getting called up to AAA, so I should see his first series there. Very excited to have some some takeaways from that. I heard he's fine. Yeah, he's pretty good. I've I've heard the same thing. So I'm excited to see a little bit more. Um, I've seen him a couple of times, but I want to see this version of Chorio, which has been ridiculous i heard this one's fine too yeah yeah this one's better than fine i think got you we'll see marco raya twins i think this is easily one of the more underrated arms in terms of how much upside there is in minor league baseball just turned 21 already in double a they have been very careful with him he's kind of got the tink hence treatment as well but Man, I mean, I'm looking at the last few starts specifically. He went four innings, three and a third, and then four innings. And over that span, that adds to 11 and a third. And I want to make you all do math while you're trying to relax and listen. Nine strikeouts, one walk, five hits, no runs. And what stands out to me, though, with him is is he gets the whiff, right? He struck out 25% of batters this year, but he also gets ground balls and, and has continued to pick up more and more ground balls as the season's progressed. Fastball that sits mid-90s, slider that is nasty, that he continuously locates. It's a plus pitch, and that pitch alone will put him in a big league bullpen. And then he mixes in a curveball that he's been doing a better job of differentiating from the slider, and then he's trying to find this changeup that when he throws it around the zone, again, another one that has really good shape, it's just inconsistent. So we'll see if he can kind of find some more consistency with it. But it's a true four-pitch mix that could be really good. And I think Raya is a really exciting arm. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that jumps out here. And like he's been heavily protected, surely 62 and two thirds and 22 starts is as heavily protected as you will find. But 128 combined innings between low A and high A and double this year. Um, So in his minor league career, 128 innings, he's got a a 198 opponent batting average. Like obviously something's good in that four pitch mix if that's the case and and the fact that the walks are held in check keeps the whip low the whips under one one in his career um again these are very surface level numbers and these are production numbers that i'm looking at but the fact that he has four viable pitches can keep the walks low if he gets stretched out please like stretch him out please i'm very excited to see what that looks like yeah so i guess it's like a 2024 thing we're going to do an off season episode on that. Just like guys that I want to see, like get the, the, 
the what tricycle yeah the no, training wheels the, the training wheels training wheels how the can tricycle. i not think it's a monday i'm an idiot um <laughs> how, like that's an off-season episode guys that i want to see the training wheels off of we're gonna cook in the off-season i i just i want to make might. that abundantly clear we're, well yeah well at least i, I think i'm we're gonna, gonna suck go. I, i'm no. gonna consistently suck no, i always that's where we got it's redraft season it's like uh doing a bunch of fun you know content player stuff i i'm, I'm very excited for the offseason this can't. week we should redraft the 2023 draft what do you think <laughs> why lang for number one yeah. <laughs> um, uh i am excited to we could probably do a 2021 redraft at this point so i'm looking forward yeah, to that for sure. will warren yankees guy uh dude has just been consistently wow. solid you have one or two blips and it's so funny when i see a guy in triple a and they have the the blow up start it's almost always in buffalo because that place is a launch pad. And that's exactly what it was for, for Warren that the one really big ball up start this year was in Buffalo, but man, has this guy been awesome over his last handful of starts? This is a dude that I'd love to see the Yankees bring up and, and get a look at the end of this year. I don't know if they will, but I know you have the numbers in front of you, man. Will Warren has really settled into AAA over the last month. Before that, I'm diving into um, top five prospects in the Yankees organization that have been pitchers over the last year. And I'm just working off pipeline on a year by year. 2021, Clark Schmidt, Davey Garcia, Luis Heal. 2020, Clark Schmidt, Davey Garcia, Luis Heal. 2019, Jonathan Loizaga, Albert Abreu, Davey Garcia, Clark Schmidt. 2018, Justice Sheffield, Albert Abreu. 2017, I'm trying to go back and find the best, like, pitcher that we've got here 2016 james caprellian 2015 i have to be running up on severino yeah severino in 2015 2014 i'm going back even more nobody inside the top eric jagiello was a top five prospect for the yankees at that point but like when was the last time the yankees had a will warren a drew thorpe and a chase hampton it's been a long time it's been it's a long been time. over 10 years probably I will say this is an area where you definitely, I think you hit the nail on the head here, man. I didn't even realize it was that dire. I knew it was bad. And I'm sure Yankees fans knew it was that dire, but they have kind of overhauled the way that they approach pitching. And I think they're doing it a lot better. And Will Warren is reminiscent of, of Wisniewski a little bit, who has you know some shades of, of Chase Hampton. Who, and do you see kind of this, the, the underrated arms that they're identifying? Um, you know, Ken Waldachuk was another one that I really liked. And, and I think that yeah. was, another good ID. They used him as a big piece of the package. He's actually thrown a lot better with, with, with the Oakland A's of late, but Warren, it, it seems like the, the arms that they're finding are, are mostly middle round arms and they're really IDing these guys. Well, and instead of going for the first round Clark Schmitz, I think I was, it was out South Carolina. They're finding so. guys that are similar in third, fourth, fifth round and, and finding success. But Warren, I mean, it's been awesome watching yeah. what he's done over the last five games. Opponents are hitting a buck 47, sub 500 OPS, 36 punches, 10 walks. And more importantly, talk about a guy that gets a ton of ground balls. This is sinker, slider, surprise you a little bit with the four seam to buzz it up top just to make you think about it. And then he even mixes in a cutter. He'll mix in a change up from time to time. Nothing is jumps off the page as, as plus plus. I'd say the slider is, is a plus pitch, uh, but a lot of weak contact just kind of finesses his way through lineups and can vary his looks enough. This is a really solid number four starter at the higher, highest level, I think, if, if he can continue to build on the command. 
when was their last good pitcher that was on the league minimum? Like, when was their last pre-arb good pitcher? I don't know. I have no idea what the answer is to that question. It might be Seve in the mid-2010s, but Will Warren, like, in the month of September, 23 and two-thirds, 10 hits, one run. It doesn't get better than that. 29 punches, nine walks. You mentioned the strikeout and walk numbers over his last, what, five starts. But Warren, man... what I'm so excited for for the Yankees is Warren, Hampton, and Thorpe all look like they can be middle to end of the rotation arms. Yep. I don't yep. think any of them have ace upside. But yep. here's the thing about the New York Yankees. Since George Steinbrenner bought the freaking team, they have bought aces. Yeah. Garrett Cole's an ace. Carlos Rodon, you just spent 168 on. I think this year is fluky. I don't think Carlos Rodon sucks. That is a groundbreaking take, I know. Yep. Um, but like they're gonna buy the front line guys. So let's fill in with guys that aren't Johnny Brito or Randy Vasquez or Clark Schmidt. That's where they've they been got him. short. Instead, they package those guys, and it's yeah. it's weird. Um, I, I I think I think all of these guys are going to get an opportunity, at least two of the three, and I'm excited to see what that looks like. I think you're totally right. Next is I know a guy that you really like, Will Dion, Guardians. He just guy just gets outs. Would you venture to say that he's one of the most underrated? Pitching prospects in the game. Is he a prospect? <laughs> like, that's my question. Like, well, at this I guess point. that kind of answers the question. So he throws 89. I know. I is, There's something about him that breaks my brain. His first year at McNeese State, 50 innings, 62 punch outs, 14 walks, and ERA under two. His last year at McNeese State, 100 innings, 121 punch outs, 19 walks. So naturally, the Guardians take him, what, ninth round in 2021 after that? He makes or he throws 12 innings in the complex and in low A in 2021. 12 innings, one hit, no earned runs, 21 Ks, five walks. Last year, 128 innings, a 2-1 ERA, 11 Ks per nine, two and a half walks per nine. And this year, between high A and the majority of the year spent in double A, 117 innings, a 239 ERA, 10Ks per nine, two and a half walks per nine. He's never failed. <laughs> so, like, I, there comes a point where I just have to acknowledge that this guy never fails. And this guy ended this year in the month of September, 14 and two thirds innings, seven hits, one run, 18Ks, one walk in 14 and two thirds. He's he's turning my brain into a pretzel because he doesn't have stuff. He's never going to make a top 100 list, but he's going to finagle his way to the big leagues because he always has a low twos at every level. So, you know, th- this has given me major shades of and, and actually would answer your question of a, of a pre-arb guy uh, that the Yankees had in, in the system. I know that he left and came back, but just a pre-arb pitcher that ended up anchoring the back of the staff. There's shades of Nestor Cortez here, man. Yes. Because what made Nestor Cortez so good, and and the thing is Nestor ticked up to you know low 90s instead of yeah. 80, 89, 90. And I think for Dion to succeed at the big league level, he's going to need to at least sit 90, 91 instead of 88 to 90. It's the life on the fastball. And in terms of IVB, I mean, Nestor Cortez was an outlier of all outliers. That's what made his fastball so good. And then he could vary his looks and hide the ball. Dion varies his looks and hides the ball. He averages 21 inches of induced vertical break. So that explains why he's been good. 
And in this, in, in a world where we look at velocity and I get it and I get it and I get it. Will Dion is a prospect because to me, that is just as important as, as velocity. Of course, if it's at 84 miles an hour, that's a different story. 89 is, is pushing it. It's right on the edge, but shit, man, how is this any different than a guy that throws super hard and has no idea where it's going? Like you're hoping that he figures out where it's going. I think it's easier to count on a guy seeing an uptick, even though it's a 5'10", 185 pound guy. I think he can see an uptick. And interestingly enough, last couple starts, he's actually been sitting 90, uh, at least averaging 90 on the fastball versus a lot of the other starts in the year. He averaged 88, averaged 89. If he can just get one more tick up, I think this guy play, it, it'll it'll play because 21 inches of IVB, it'll be that invisible. And it really is in terms of shape. It's one of the best fastball shapes in the minors. Guess what his next pitch is that he uses really effectively. It's a, it's a cutterish slider. And that's exactly what Nestor used. Change up is really good. And I don't think it's because the shape is unbelievable. I think it's because hitters are so worried about the fastball that get getting on them so quick. Then this changeup just totally fades and he hides the ball well. I think this could play, man. I, I really do. Uh, and and I think it's he's one of the more underrated prospects because you have to really look at the data to understand how he gets outs the way he does. I'm trying to find, and if you can find it quicker than I can, um, here we go. Baseball America, top Cleveland Guardians prospects. Um, no, this isn't a top 30 list. If you can find a top 30 Guardians list, here we go. See the full list. All right, nice. Will Dion, let's see. On Baseball America is outside the top 30, it does seem. Um, on MLB Pipeline, Will Dion is the number 27 prospect in the Guardians organization. Nice. Is he? Like, that's the thing, man. The industry wants you to think he isn't a prospect. Yeah, it's tough because he throws 89. Yeah, I know, I know. So like, you're but that's shape. Is, that shape gives him a like, chance. He's uh, a prospect. He's a top. He's a top. I hope so. He's a top 30 prospect. No doubt about it. You can't teach 21 inches of vert. You just can't teach okay. that. And if he can find a tick or two, it's going to be a problem. Cool. Cool. Couple other guys, real quick, to hit on here. Uh, of course, I close my tab out with my notes. I've got it. Dominic Hamill of the Mets and yeah. uh, Justin Robleski of the Dodgers. Okay. You want to start with Hamill, then go to Robleski? Yeah, let's do it. Perfect. <laughs> all right. Well, Dominic Hamill, the Mets, another system, man. They're all of a sudden starting to kind of find some arms. And and it wasn't really through trades. It's been through drafting some interesting arms. Mike Vassell has been really solid this year. Uh, Blake mm-hmm. Tidwell, who... I absolutely fell in love with when I saw him on the backfields and was very quick to anoint him the best pitching prospect in the system. Now pitching like the best pitching prospect in the system, but now you got Dominic Hamill kind of making a claim for it too, with the way that he has thrown last three starts, 14 innings of scoreless pitching in double a 24 punchies, five walks. And that's pretty damn good. Mm hmm. It's really damn good. Um, We got excited about him going into the WBC because he was at the very end of the bullpen bench for Puerto Rico. We were saying, hey, this guy might get in. I think Hamill made a start in group play. Maybe he threw like an inning, but that was really it. That was your only look at Hamill in the WBC. I don't even know if he got in. Maybe my memory is is um, evading me. 
I think he got in, but like super low leverage and just barely. Um, but Hamill, man, like he was exciting going into this year and he kind of fell by the wayside during the middle months. Like he was, he was okay, not good, not great. But like this strong end of the year, as they go into uh, let's evaluate what we've got year in 2024, according to Billy Epler and Steve Cohen, I, I think this is big for yes. them. Big. I agree. I mean, just just to add to that trio, you're hoping that Vassal and Tidwell and Hamill can all jump and become big league starters. But it, it's it's rare for those types of prospects to really become consistent big league arms. So you have three irons in the fire here. You hope that one or two can easily become one of those guys. And then I think all three of them have a chance to at least be big league arms in some capacity, which is always valuable as well. But Hamill, 93 to 95 a lot of a lot of life. Another high IVB guy, 19 inches of vert, good pitch mix. It's slider, curve, cutter, mixes in a changeup as well, just varies his looks. And I this is another like number four type guy that I just think is just gonna get out and just be a solid low four ZRA guy and and have flashes of of big strikeout games. But he is definitely trending in as good of a direction as he has been. Uh 24 years old, a little bit older, but we'll start the year next year in triple A and I think has a chance to to get up to the big leagues pretty quickly. And and what you said will kind of be an assess here. It'll be good for them to be able to kind of see where he fits in. Yep. Last but not least, I think this is somebody that might not really be on my radar much compared to a lot of the other guys in that system that I've been talking about. Like I was surprised that when you mentioned Robleski to me, I, I'm like, I really haven't watched enough of this guy. So all he's before to you. Yeah, because there wasn't anything to watch. Robleski was TJ right before he got drafted in the 11th round in 21 by the Dodgers. So the Dodgers ID'd him. They still gave him about 200K in the 11th round in 2021, even though draft was, what, July? I think he had TJ in May. Um, And Robleski, he what appeared in 10 games at the complex last year. He then got to Rancho for six and two thirds innings. And this guy really didn't throw very many strikes at any stop. Did you see him in Falmouth in 2019? If I did, I I barely remember. I don't even remember. He was a Clemson kid. And then he was a Falmouth kid. And then Oki state, um, I and technically like, did see him and I don't remember it much at all. Yeah, so, it was forgettable. It was a six ERA in 23 against innings. And gets to it when I was there. It was three innings, three earned runs, six hits. So, yeah, like, so it's just forgettable. But like this guy, of course, the Dodgers get his hands on him and like walk him through his TJ recovery. And he is the sheltered man in high A. And the sheltered guys in high A and low A for the Dodgers are really hard to assess because they only go like three innings. But just running through his game log recently and these last three outings uh, were in the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. No, this is uh, I guess they're not counting the postseason here because he had a couple great postseason starts. Um, but last couple starts of the season, uh, four innings, one run, three innings, one run, three and a third, no runs, seven Ks, four innings, one run, five Ks, no walks, three innings, one run, two Ks, no walks. Like it was always one or two earned runs. You can count on one hand the number of outings where he allowed multiple runs since I think early May. Yep. And this guy is a lefty from a really weird slot that I watched top at 98 in early September with four viable pitches. I'm sure you have some data that yeah. you're looking at right now, but like this guy from a weird angle at 98 from the left side is is fascinating. Well, that playoff start that you watched 
the most recent one that doesn't get factored into the stats, which is weird to me. I think it should. Like it's the it minor league. Who cares? Like I want to yeah. know what they're doing. Um, five and a third, four hits, two runs, no walks, eight, eight Ks in in a big playoff game against Fort Wayne. So I mean that's impressive stuff. Pounding the strike zone with a fastball at a seventy percent clip—that's ex- impressive stuff from a funky re- release point. To, to your point, like that's when you can be at a deceptive angle and throw a ton of strikes. Like that is really intriguing. And then just another dude that has pretty good life on his stuff across the board. Uh, he's got another dude that also needs to find the feel for the changeup a little bit. But the fastball slider from that angle really tough. If you can find that third pitch out of the cutter, or the changeup, even a curveball that he mixes in. And this guy can be a problem, but fastball slider gives him a really, really solid floor from the left side already at 23 years old. And you mentioned, I mean, Velo has just continued to tick up as the season has gone on and uh, pretty much averaging 95 miles per hour over the, the second half of the season on the fastball. Yeah, he might just be a guy that spawns in the Dodger organization. And like, uh, hopefully I just ID'd him for you, you yeah. know, dynasty people. Yeah, seriously, that's definitely a name to look out for, because even if it doesn't happen as a starter, could happen as a reliever and and that's a good guy to have in dynasty because that will work out of the bullpen as well and and you know the Dodgers will maximize that and that'll play up to 99 out of the pen too he could be devastating as a reliever so definitely different types of big league roles for him there that that could you know, make themselves apparent very soon should start the year next year in double a that's all the pitchers for us. I mean, there's there's more pitchers to talk about we'll continue to do that. I mean, it, we'll recap the season very soon as it as it ends very very soon. Uh, but I will have some live takeaways from the Nashville series uh, between Jacksonville and Nashville. Get to see some Chorio. So look out for some video and stuff like that on Twitter. Uh, and we will be starting to put together maybe like our team of the year, our first team, you know, for the minor leagues, things like that. We'll probably mix in another mailbag soon. Colt Keith and Justin Henry Malloy conversation coming very soon as well. So keep an eye out for that. If you can leave a rating, help us grow the podcast. We'd really appreciate it. Subscribe on Twitter or subscribe on YouTube, excuse me. Follow us on Twitter as well at the call up underscore pod. Uh, but as always, thank you for listening. Jack, any final thoughts before we say goodbye for the day? I don't think so. I had a great time talking baseball with my friend Arm. Me too, man. Really enjoyed it. We'll talk prospects with you tomorrow. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.